0: Uh, this morning we're starting a brand new series called Bear Fruit, and I love this art. I love the hat. I love the, the, the bear. Uh, it's all so good, and we're talking about what it looks like to bear fruit in the life of a believer. More specifically, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, And I know a lot of you guys are kind of bummed because you've either missed out on a trip that's coming up or plans have kind of gotten ruined because of current circumstances and things that are going on. But I got to tell you, the number one thing that you are missing out on that you didn't know you were missing out on is Matt Dawson wearing this hat and coming into this room Uh, because we really wanted to make that happen for you guys. I'm going to try and get a picture for you, no promises, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, But we're excited to jump into this series to talk about what the fruit of the Spirit is, how it has to do anything with our lives. And the ramifications it can have on how we live our lives as Christians. Um, and I believe that most of us have a Sunday school understanding of the fruit of the Spirit, meaning we kind of learned about it when we were younger, but it really just kind of stopped there. It, it started to be this thing, this concept we understand, but we don't really have a deep understanding of it. Maybe it's a song you remember. I know there's a song there that says, fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut or something like that, and I'm sorry for all the people who started singing it just now, or all the other VBS songs that they're now singing around you. Um, uh, 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 there's also flannel graphs, if you've ever heard about that, that was something some people grew up with where you had the cool flannel board and you got to see all the different pictures. Like this is one because you have the different uh, fruit of the spirit words hanging up there. You've got some fruit and of course you got a cornucopia because why not, you got to have the cornucopia. Um, Or this example, maybe a little more simple. This is one that might go like on a fridge or something. And of course kindness is watermelon because why not? Um, But you got the flannel graph, that's kind of how we understand and see the fruit of the Spirit. Or maybe, uh, maybe your family or uh, your kind of school might have done like sword drills or Bible drills or things like that, Tracy Dawson. And uh, this passage tends to be the Galatians passage of the fruit of the Spirit tends to be one of those at the top of the list but it became just a Sunday school understanding, just a rote memorization or a a repetition uh, that we kind of would recite just out of habit or out of forced mechanics. And honestly, the fruit of the Spirit is something that can help us to understand how we're meant to grow spiritually, not just in a moment, not just uh, as these little separated things, but as a singular fruit of the Spirit and what that looks like. So, Uh, We want to take some time to talk about that in this series over the next couple weeks. Um, So I think a good place to start is to start with maybe Spiritual Fruit 101. Because the Bible talks a lot about spiritual fruit. This idea of fruit coming forth in someone's life. And you'll see Jesus talk about it in the Bible. You see it all throughout this illustration or this this picture, this metaphor of fruit in one's lives. And uh, let's take a look here in Matthew 7. This is starting in verse 16. It says this, You can identify them, meaning Christians, by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Continues on, says, A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And finishes up saying this, So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. Just like you can look at an apple tree and see the apples on it and you know what kind of tree that is, you can look at someone's actions and identify the kind of person that they are. It's the idea that what's happening inside someone, what's happening internally, is going to be expressed externally. And it continues on, Uh, this is Paul speaking about the idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, he's speaking singularly. If you watch the word here, he's not saying the fruits of the Spirit as in listening off these things that are disparate and kind of connected through this topic, but rather one whole, one singular fruit of the Spirit. This will be important later as we continue on. So this is Galatians 5, in verse 22, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, as we read that, a couple things jump out at us. First, it's what it's not, what the, the fruit of the Spirit is not. Spiritual fruit is not a checklist, It's not meant to be, oh, I do this, I was good today, or I was peaceful today, or I was kind today. It's not meant to be that kind of arrangement for our life. It's not a list of actions we're supposed to do. It's also not about being right or even being righteous to where I'm doing these things, I'm a good person. Or even worse or even more dangerously, it's not a list of things that we do so that we might be righteous. Righteous being having right standing before God. The only thing that makes us righteous is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that he provided for us on the cross. That's the only thing that makes us righteous before a holy God. We cannot earn our way to God by doing and doing and doing. It's by submission and acceptance of the gift of grace from Jesus Christ. This is not a list of things to, be, to do to be good or to be right or to be righteous. It's not meant to be that. It's also not about perfect behavior. It's all kinda of connected together. This isn't a list of you know how to be an A plus Christian. is do these things. And I feel like, if I'm gonna be honest guys, this is the mindset we, we get trapped in so often, Is give me a, especially men. Like we get in this mindset of give me a list of things to do and I will do those, right? And if we bring that approach to our spiritual life, we're setting ourselves up just for a, a, a rules and regulation list of things we're supposed to do to be a Christian. And that is not what following Jesus is about at all. It's not about having perfect behavior, being a specific way. It's about responding to Christ and watching that grow and fulfill in your life. So spiritual fruit is not these things, but what is spiritual fruit? Spiritual fruit is the product of the Spirit. In that passage, you say that you see how this is setting up a picture of when the Spirit is working in your life, these are the things that happen. It's not because of our effort. We're not doing loving things because we're loving people. We're doing loving things because the Spirit is producing that in us. We're not being peaceful because we're peaceful people. We're, being, we're ex- exuding peace because of the work of the Spirit inside of us. It's the product of the Spirit. It's also observable. Every single one of those things is something we can see. It's tangible. It might be hard to measure. Faithfulness can be kind of hard to measure sometimes. Maybe even gentleness, it might be a quiet kind of thing, more of a humility uh, sort of situation that can be hard to kind of outline. Uh, but it's definitely observable. You can see these things in people. And in fact, I bet as I read that list of of the fruit, you're probably thinking of people who exude these things in their lives. And so it's observable. And finally, and I think most importantly, the fruit of the Spirit is not just a checklist. It's not just a, 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 you know, a way we need to think about things we have to do as Christians. It's simply a different way of living. It's a way of living to where we connect with the Spirit and allow Him to work in our lives to where as we respond to Him and as we submit to His ways in our lives, the product of that is the fruit of the Spirit. It's a different way of living. Not a list, not a way for us to win ourselves to God, not a way to behave perfectly and have that A plus on our Christian report card. It's a different way of living altogether. So I think it's important before we continue on, let's take a moment and look through each of these fruit of the Spirit to understand them a little bit more in a deeper level. And uh, uh, there's a book that I've been using to kind of process this myself, and it's by a pastor uh, named Tim Keller who's up in New York. Uh, It's a book called Galatians for You. Uh, We'll try and include the link uh, down below for you. Um, But it's a great deep dive on study. If if this is interesting to you at all, I insist you go pick it up, uh, check that book out, and especially read this passage about Galatians five twenty two through all through the fruit of the Spirit, because um, he's got some really great insights and thoughts that ha- have helped me a lot to kind of help process where I'm coming from, uh, even this morning. So let's check out the fr- the nine fruit of the Spirit and kind of walk through each one of those uh, right now. So first we've got love. So love and each the quotations you're seeing underneath are things from Pastor Tim, and as we're going through that. Um, all we're looking to do here is, is dive a little deeper on the meaning of it because we know what these things are. For instance, like we know what love is, right? Love is showing, or love is showing uh, affection and love for another person. Uh, but even more than that, what, I love how he placed this here. He said, for who they are and for their good. That's the purpose of that love. It's for who they are and for their good. It's not a selfish kind of love. It's a selfless kind of love. So continue on. The next one is this. We've got joy. Exuberant delight in God. That's really just the definition of joy. It's not just being happy, clappy all the time or faking it till you make it. This is a joy that's rooted in the Lord. And we see this all the time, all through the scriptures. It talks about the joy of the Lord and what it does for us. It can be our strength. It can be our shelter, the thing that carries us through. And it's delighting in God. So love, joy. Next one is peace. Uh, peace is confidence and rest in God. I love that because right now there's so much, there's such a great need for peace uh, in our country and in just our neighborhoods and probably in your house because if you've got kids at home, you know we're not getting a lot of this right now, right? We're not exuding a lot of this right now because it's a difficult thing uh, in the circumstances we're in right now. But peace is ultimately a confidence and rest in God. It's not worrying about other things. It's not being anxious about things that are outside of our control it's understanding what's around us and responding in peace, which is a confidence and rest in, in God. Love, joy, peace. And we've got patience. Facing troubles without blowing up or lashing out. Can I get an amen, parents? This has been, uh, this week uh, has been tough for a lot of us, uh, whether we're working from home, whether you're co-working from home, where you and your spouse are working from home, you've got the kids going on. And you just need to get this thing done and you don't want to respond by yelling at your kids again, but they're not listening and there's that, re- the, that reaction. I love how it says blowing up or lashing out because those are things that I personally struggle with. That's hard because I respond emotionally. That's just kind of how I'm wired. It's not an excuse to continue to be that way. It's just understanding that patience is not just about waiting and sitting around and twiddling your thumbs. Patience is a conscious effort to not blow up, to not lash out. It's facing those things of adversity, even if the adversity is a kid running around being crazy and choosing to not blow up and lash out, choosing to have patience. Love, joy, peace, patience. Next we have kindness. Kindness, I love this this first phrase, vulnerable service. Because it's not just being nice to people for the sake of being nice. Because if you knew you could be nice to someone and extend kindness to someone and get that back in kind and it'd be a, a nice interaction, it wouldn't be as risky, right? This kind of kindness is for the sake of others. And it's fueled uh, by a deep security in God. So we reach out to others, we extend kindness to others. And especially right now in this time, we need kindness more than anything else else, extending kindness to our neighbors, to our kids, to those around us. But that vulnerable service of extending that kindness, even though we don't know what the response might be, whether it's prickly, whether it's agitated, whether it's even aggressive, we're making ourselves vulnerable in serving others. And that is the core of kindness. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, And inside of goodness, it's not just about innate goodness, like a sweetness or like a sticky, you know, like saccharine kind of thing. Uh, uh, Pastor Tim talks about it being an integrity issue of the goodness is really having high integrity. Integrity is being the same person in every single situation. So having that goodness is having high integrity. And I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I really struggled with being a different person in different situations, feeling like I need to be this guy around these people and this guy around these people. And that's not a sustainable way to live. And that's a life fueled with low integrity. And so having goodness in your life, having that expressed is having high integrity, being the same person in every situation. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Next is faithfulness, which he kind of tags as loyalty and courage. And uh, faithfulness is one of those things that you see and you just know it when you see it, when you experience it with another person. Of, uh, when I say this, I want you to imagine that person who defines this for you in your life. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone you work it with uh, at work. Um, it's just utterly reliable and true to your word. Someone who you know when they say they're going to be there, they're going to be there. When they're going to do something, they're going to do that for you. And I don't know about you, but when I think about God, this is one of the things that I, I jump to first because time and time again throughout the scripture, we see God be faithful. And that to me is an incredibly attractive thing to know that time and time again, someone's going to respond in the same way. And the fact that that is how God responds to us is a really overwhelming piece for me. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness is about seeing and serving others in genuine, this is the key word, humility seeing and serving others in genuine humility humility is something that's cultivated over time and it's something that comes from a selflessness right and so gentleness is not just about being meek or quiet or not you know being too abrasive it's about humility it's about how we engage with someone uh when you when you if you have like a an animal that's scared or is having a you know being real skittish or maybe they've been hurt before or whatever it might be if you come just acting like a normal person to that animal, it can be abrasive to them, right? But if you bring a gentleness to them, you can see their entire countenance change. Just the way that they kind of their, their shoulders will drop, they're not as defensive. So gentleness and that humility that comes with being gentle is what we're talking about here because it can change the attitudes and hearts of all people. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control is one I think we all go, oh man, why is that on the list? Why is that a part of this? Because that's not something I'm good at. Well, the good thing is this isn't about things that we're good at or bad or things we can get better at or that we're not as good at. This is simply, again, the product of the work of the Spirit in our lives. So self-control is intentional living. Remember that. It's about intentional living. It's not just about saying no to the things that are bad and yes to the things that are good. It's about being intentional with the choices that we're making in our lives. Intentional living able to pursue the important over the urgent. We're not pursuing the things that just grab our attention. Not just in work, like at work you or at home you might have like urgent things popping up and you can you feel like you can never get to the things that really matter to you. I'm talking about the things in your life to where like your marriage is important, but these other urgent things take away from it. Or your uh, desire to resist sin is important, but these sinful desires pop up and they're urgent and you choose to give in to them instead of having self-control and choosing what's important because you're choosing to live intentionally. So self-control. So that is the fruit of the Spirit. But that begs the question, how does fruit grow? How does fruit grow? And how does spiritual fruit grow? Is it the same? And I grew up with a pastor uh, Pastor Mike Down in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, he's an incredible teacher, and I, he, he shared this illustration with us a long time ago, and it stuck with me even from just my high school years, and it's, it's the, an idea of how fruit occurs in one's life. Thinking about a tree, right? If you're thinking about like an apple tree, give it, give it a sec, and you got the apple tree and like the tree's standing there and he's planted and he's in a good place and water tapping and stuff, and you want the fruit, the tree doesn't just go, pah, and the fruit happens. Like, it doesn't just try real hard and then pop, out comes the fruit, right? That's not how fruit happens. Fruit isn't grown immediately, fruit isn't microwave, fruit isn't an instantaneous kind of thing. It doesn't just pop and fruit comes forth from the tree. That's not how it works. Instead, Pastor Mike brought this illustration, uh, and he's talking more about the spiritual maturity and formation as a whole. We're going to apply it more to the fruit of the Spirit and how that's the expression of this. But he talks about three things. He says, encounter, formation, expression. Now, this is the process through which fruit grows. Encounter, formation, expression. I want you to get that in your head. Encounter, formation, expression. Even say it out loud when you're sitting here with each other. Say it with me. Encounter, formation, expression. Okay? So, encounter... It's about our daily lives. Just living life, we're encountering things. Things are happening to us. We're doing things. Life is happening around. Maybe it's all happening in your house right now, and that's cool too. But we're talking about work. We're talking about play. We're talking about all these different things. We're encountering uh, people. We're encountering issues. All these things. We're having daily life happen, and and honestly, they're opportunities. And that's the way we need to, to look at life is we're having opportunities for different reactions. We're having opportunities maybe for growth. Maybe you're having an opportunity to exude patience. You're having an opportunity to show peace. You're having an opportunity to show love, right? You have these opportunities to express these things, right? Uh, this is just daily life. We have to think about those encounters as opportunities. So encounter is our daily life that yields those opportunities for the fruit to start express itself. So encounter always leads to formation. That's next. And formation is about daily connection. That's what's happening with the tree when it's planted and there's water and there's sunlight and there's fresh air and the tree's growing over time. And it's taking time for that fruit to grow because when you see fruit, On a tree, it doesn't just come out fully formed, right? It comes out as a little bud first. And if you were to take that little apple bud off the tree and try it, it tastes terrible, right? Because it's not ready yet. It's not ripe. And it takes time for it to grow and change and shift and become something more. And and honestly, it's leading to transformation. And that daily connection is not just in in the tree illustration, it's talking about connection to the things that make it grow, right? The air and the ground and the water, those things that are helping it to grow. In our case, that's connecting with the spirit. That's connecting with God. That's taking a daily time to get away, to pour into his word, to pray, to do the things that help us to connect with God. So encounters about our daily life, our opportunities, formation is about that daily connection, the transformation. Actually, uh, Pastor Tim talks a little bit about, a little more in his book, about uh, uh, how, these, how the fruit comes to, to form in our lives. And he, he says these four things, that fruit uh, encounters as it's formed in our life. First, he says it's gradual, so we talked about that. It takes time for this to occur. It takes time for that fruit to grow and to develop, right? That makes sense. It's inevitable, I love this, that if the Spirit is working in your life, if we're taking the time to connect with the Spirit, to allow Him to work in our lives, submitting to His ways and putting ourselves to death on a cross and our old ways on a cross, and choosing uh, uh, His ways to allow Him to work in our life. The, the production of these fruit in our life uh, is inevitable. It's going to happen. It cannot be stopped because that is the product of the spirit. It's also internal. We've talked a little bit about this already. It's something that happens inside of us that's then expressed externally. So it's happening internally. And I love this one. He says it is symmetrical. And what he means by this, and this plays completely against the idea that we've got a list of things we're supposed to do, right? Uh, like I'm supposed to be good, I'm supposed to be, uh, or I'm supposed to be kind, I'm supposed to be loving, I'm supposed to be self-controlled, all these things and, and now I've got my checklist and I'm good, at, I'm an A plus here, I'm a B here, I'm a C here. That's not how it works in God's economy. What it, how it works is they work symmetrically. If the Spirit is in your life and you're allowing Him to do a work inside you, then what happens with this fruit is they grow symmetrically. You're not going to gain self-control without gaining kindness and without gaining love and joy and peace. They grow together like a rising tide. It brings all the boats up together. The fruit grows symmetrically. So that formation is about that daily connection with God, that transformation that happens where we go from the old man to the new man. We see that all throughout the Bible, that transformation occurs. And then these four things talk about gradual, uh, inevitable, internal, symmetrical. That's how the fruit grows within us. And it all leads ultimately to expression, expression. And expression is about that daily fruit. It's the culmination of all the work that the Spirit's been doing in us. And what's exciting about this is it's not just a single thing. It's a daily fruit. It's a daily expression. It's something that's meant to happen time and time and time again. It's our output. It's what outpours of our hearts because of what God's been doing inside of us. In fact, encounter formation expression is not a a class we take. It's not a thing that we do. Encounter formation expression is a daily process we go through as Christians to grow in our faith to see the fruit of the Spirit expressed and played out in our lives. We encounter opportunities to see this played out and to see it developed. It's then formed in and through us through daily connection and spending time with God. And ultimately, it's expressed to others, which then leads back to more encounters and more formation and more expression. It's a daily process. The tree doesn't produce fruit once and then dies and withers. It can happen. But typically, those trees bear fruit time and time and time again. And that is the picture God has for our lives. That we would be fruitful Christians, not just one time, not just this one time that happened at a gas station and I was nice to somebody, but that as we spend time in His Word, as we spend time in prayer, allowing the Spirit to work in and through our lives, we see this constant expression of the fruit of the Spirit. The tree continues to produce fruit time and time again. Encounter formation expression is not a thing that we achieve. It's not a thing we reach for, a state we arrive at. It's a life we live. I've had the fortune of of talking with with several people who've been lifelong Christians. And what's interesting is is the more life they live, the more they realize uh, they have room to grow. And they have more to learn. Whereas when we're younger, we have such a, uh, we're so quick to jump to what's the thing I achieve, what's the thing I grab. I got the degree, I've got this status, I've got this title, and now I'm here. And it's not about that in the economy and kingdom of God. It's about a process, a daily process of encounter, formation, expression. Encounter, formation, expression so that we might become the fullness of God in the kingdom of God. It's also about dying to yourself. The confessing of sin regularly, of coming to God and not trying to be perfect or not trying to pretend like you've got it all together, but confessing your sins so that you might be forgiven and be given a, a life and you might be continue to give encounter, opportunities to encounter God and encounter others, that you might be formed in His image and then ultimately an expression of that fruit in your life. It's about dying to yourself. And ultimately, it's about a choice of freedom. Because we've been set free. When we become a new creation in Christ, we've been set free from our old ways. In fact, it says this in Galatians 5.24. It says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. It's about taking the things that are deep in our heart, our sinful desires, the things that are against God, and putting them on the cross, not just in a one-time moment, but a lifetime of decisions along the way. Not of experiencing salvation time and time again, but choosing freedom and choosing life over death and condemnation time and time Again, Paul goes on in Romans 8 to say this. I think this is a beautiful way of putting it. He says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, don't miss this. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. I know there are people reading this right now. You feel like there are things in your life that you have no control over that you can't help but do this. You can't help but, resi- uh, you can't resist these things that draw you in, that push you away from God, that tear you away from your family because you feel such a draw to them. But the fact is, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, if, you, if you've accepted the free gift of grace, then what the Bible says is that you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature to, urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. If you follow sinful nature, you will die. It continues on and says this, but if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death day after day, you crucify them on the cross, you put them away, you put those things to death, the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Those who take the time to connect with the Spirit on a daily basis see that transformation, see that move from death to life. And what happens is it doesn't become uh, rote or routine or, or even practical. It's still a struggle for people who've been following Jesus for a long time. And, and maybe when you feel like you've arrived, that's when you're probably in the most dangerous place because we have to be honest about our, our current reality and our sinful nature. But the truth is we've been paid for. We've been brought into the family of God as his children. We have no obligation to those sinful desires. We can put them on the cross. We can put them in the grave where they belong by the power of Jesus Christ. When it comes down to it, it comes down to a choice. A choice to encounter our daily opportunities A choice to see formation happen in our lives by connecting with God, by seeing what happens when we take the time to read his word, to pray, to see the spirit work in our lives, to see that expression ultimately of the fruit of the Spirit. As we take the time to really dive into this daily process and invest in that, the fruit that comes from that is exactly what we've been talking about this entire time. As we put to death our old nature, our old spirit, We step into the life that God has for us, one that's not of of rote memorization and not of a Sunday school understanding of a scripture passage, but of true life, that if we choose to follow that way, if we choose to put our sinful nature to bed, if we choose to put that away and we choose the freedom that's already been prepared and delivered for us, we might see and experience true life. And that is what I hope we have uh, for each and every one of us, that I hope you choose that life. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for the gift of grace that you give us. God, thank you for the fact that even though we don't deserve it, we stand in sin and condemned, and that, God, we deserve every bit of it, that you chose to make us not just not just forgiven, but God, you brought us into your family. Lord, we're grateful for the gift of the Spirit. God, that that even though uh, Jesus left, that you left the comforter, that you left the one who would know us so intimately, who would do the work, not just alongside us, but God, in us. So God, I pray for uh, each and every one of us listening here, that we would move away from an understanding of the fruit of the Spirit being a checklist or a a to-do list for a Christian's life. God, that we would see that truly what you're calling us to is just a new way of living to where as we connect with you every single day, you desire, God, to bring those opportunities, you desire for that connection. God, you desire ultimately for that expression of the fruit of the Spirit. So God, develop those things in us. Help us to see all of that fruit just rising in us Help us to to identify those opportunities that we might take advantage of them. God, to see that transformation occur right before our eyes, that we might become more patient. God, more kind, more loving, more joyful. God, self-controlled, all those things. God, especially in this time where we might be experiencing stress or fear or God, just a lack of peace. God, would you help us and give us grace. God, to experience the fruit of the Spirit in our day-to-day lives. So God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. It's your name we pray, amen.